0: it cleanses us from all sin. It cleanses us from all sin. When we're honest about our failings, there's a wonderful fellowship among God's people. And Jesus Christ begins the process of cleaning out all of our sins. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. James 5, 16. Paul, Paul had to confront the great apostle Peter. Why? Because Peter was doing wrong. He was not fellowshipping the Gentile Jews. He had left them in, in light of the Jewish Christians. He had left the Gentile Christians and went over to just the Jewish Christians. So Paul said, Peter, you're wrong. What would Paul say to you and me today? The Greek word for cleanse here means to be free from defilement. It was used in Bible days to talk about the healing or the cleansing of lepers. And when they would be Cleansed from their disease. You know, they were, you know, they were separated from the from the population, but if they could be cleansed of their disease, they could be brought back into fellowship with people again. When you fail, when you stumble, when you struggle with a temptation, don't lie to others about yourself and don't lie to yourself. About yourself. Don't deceive yourself. Verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive who? Ourselves. And the truth is not in us. You see, here's what we like to do. I like to maximize your sin and minimize my sin. I like to say, well, no, your sin is a lot bigger than my sin. Your sin is really bad. You know, my sin is so small. It's so small. Got a question for you. I'm going to be preparing your lunch today. And I'm going to add just one little drop of poison to the menu. Do you want to eat my meal prepared for you? No. Well, it's good. I mean, 99.9% of it's good. Oh, that's got that poison in it, Michael. I don't want it. What sin do you struggle with? To me, this whole series of lessons, and I've written all the lessons already in First John, this is the most important lesson because it's the most practical lesson Because it hits every one of us square between the eyes. Every one of us. We've got an area that we struggle with. John wants us to have that close-knit connection to Jesus. But we can't have it if we've got that little problem that we haven't addressed. That little situation that we haven't taken care of. And you know what it is. It's your sin. It's your sin that you are dealing with. Don't deceive yourself and gloss over it and say, well, it don't really matter. It's not that big of a deal. Every sin is a big deal to God. It's bad enough that we deceive others. Just three weeks ago, I was working with a couple. The husband had had an affair. The wife had no idea of the affair until he accidentally discovered it. It's bad enough that we deceive others, but if we keep telling the lie often enough, we begin to believe it ourselves. What did the husband say? Well, it just wasn't that big of a deal, you know. Yeah, we have an affair, but, you know, I still love my wife. I still love my kids. We begin to believe our own press reports, and we begin to believe that we are better than we really are. That husband said to me, but Michael, I know a bunch of guys that have had a lot more affairs than me. How do you think that wife felt? Well, my, my husband's only had one affair, and that husband over there's had four. That one over there's had seven. I guess I'm pretty lucky. Mine's only had one. You think she would take that as an answer, as a solution? No. Two men decided to go camping, even though it had been raining. In fact, a flood had happened just a few days prior. But they decided they wanted to go camping because this was the only weekend they could go camping together. So as as one guy got the tent together and was putting up all the tent and getting everything arranged, the other guy decided that he would go and try to find dry wood for the fire. He knew just by looking out there around them there was going to be no dry wood to get. So he decided to go back to the ranger station and and surely the ranger station could tell him where he could go and buy some wood for the fire. As he was traveling to the ranger station, he noticed a a campsite. Uh, They had passed him uh, uh, previously and those people had given up hope and they had uh, abandoned their campsite and had gone home. And he noticed a little smoke coming up from the from the fire pit. He thought, well, maybe they've got some wood over there they left behind. Well, he got over there, and and there was really no uh, wood there for any fire, but there was one big log left. So he grabbed it by the cool end and threw it in the back of his truck and proceeded to go to the ranger station. When he got to the ranger station, he pulled up and parked, and he opened the door. What's that smell? Boy, that smells terrible. Then he started seeing all this uh, smoke, you know, all around him. Oh, no, the ranger station is on fire. And then he looked in the rearview mirror. That log that he'd put back there had an ember or two, and the wind... From going, you know, from traveling, the back of his pickup had ignited those embers, and now that log was ablaze and it was melting the bed liner of his truck. When your life is in flames, don't do what that guy did. He thought the ranger station was on fire. Don't assume it's someone else's problem. Admit that you have a problem. Don't lie to yourself about yourself. Instead, come clean and admit your failings. Confess your shortcomings. Agree with God. Agree with God that you have indeed sinned and let Him put the fire out, so to speak. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Did you notice what step one was? Step one was to admit that we got a problem. For a while, I helped out in a um, type of an AA program, helping guys who, uh, who had a, an alcohol and drug problem. What's the first step in any of those programs? It's to admit that you have a problem. You know, what do they do? Those guys stand up and say, Hey, my name is, and I'm an alcoholic. You've got to admit that you have the problem. What's your sin? Problem. God does two things when we confess our sins. Number one, He cleansed those sins out of our lives. And number two, he forgives us of our sins. Literally, he releases us from our sins. He sends us away from our sins. He separates us from, his, from our sins. Do you want to be free from the sin in your life? Whatever that sin might be, then don't lie to yourself anymore. Instead, confess your sins. Literally, say the same thing as God says about your sins. I have done this so many times. When I'm working with somebody in a Bible study, I'll have a legal pad by my side, and I will draw a cross on there. And on that cross, I'll just start adding my sins. I have lied, I have hurt people, I have deceived people in my life. I'll just start writing all of my sins. Then I'll turn that pad around facing my student and I'll say, would you like to add any of your sins to the list? And then after he's added his sins, I will have a red pen handy And I write on top of all those sins, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from our sins. Agree with God that you have indeed sinned. And He will release you from your sins. He will set you free. If you do very much study of early church history, you know, outside of the Bible. You know, the Bible is from God, but we do have early Christians who wrote. One of the things about their worship services was how the people would confess their sins. How it was rare to have a worship service without having prayer for one of the Christians dealing with his sin or her sins. You know, it's kind of different today, isn't it? Billy, it's kind of different. It's not like that today. We want people to think the best of us. And I don't want everybody to know that I've lied. I don't want everybody to know I've done this or that. Friends, We don't have to enumerate each and every sin, but we got to ask for forgiveness. We got to seek that forgiveness. If we don't, that sin will eat away just like cancer eats away. And those sins become more public in nature. And then we lose our ability to influence people to the good because they can't see the good in us because of that sin. And that hurts. Many years ago, it came out that a wonderful Christian man had been involved in a little deception with his business. And he had deceived some people. He went out and bought an ad on TV but before he had that ad that ran, and in that ad, he admitted, here's what I've done, I'm so sorry, if I, whatever I've done, I'm going to make it up. Before he ran that ad on TV, he went to his church family and confessed his sin and asked his church family to pray with him and for him. Because he was so devastated by what he had done. He wanted to be set free. Before he ran that paid ad, that paid ad costs thousands of dollars, he made sure he first made it right with his church family. This is more than just releasing you from the punishment for sin. It's also giving you the strength to resist the sin in the future. You realize that sin has no real power over you. Romans 8 verse 1, there is therefore now no, circle that word no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Is that what you want? Then come clean with God. Admit your failings and let him bring you, help him, let him help you overcome your failings. It can be the start of revival in your own life and in the life of the church. Do you want a deep peace and release from your sins? Then don't be afraid to face them squarely. Admit them pacifically to the God who loves you more than you could ever know. Being a Christian is not an ego thing. A lot of people accuse Christians of claiming salvation and then thinking that makes them better than anybody else. We're not perfect. We're just perfectly forgiven. You know, it's just the opposite. You know, we simply know that we have a sin problem and we know who can fix it. Verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. When we say we're living a perfect life, we're saying, God, you are wrong. Because God says we're not perfect. Research psychologists have found that there are at least three situations when we are not ourselves. Number one, when we go to a fancy hotel or maybe to a fancy dinner party, we put on airs. Because we want people to think that we're better than we are. Number two, when we walk into the new car sales room, you know, and we're trying to bamboozle the salesman. And number three, when we're in worship service. Because we want people to think we are better than ourselves. Who are we kidding? God already knows we haven't been good all week. So quit trying to fool Him because you can't. Bobby Moore was England's soccer captain when they won the World Cup in 1966. Part of winning the World Cup was presenting the cup to the queen. That would be Queen Elizabeth. So here he is walking up the steps, up to the luxury box there at the stadium. He's got the the cup in one hand, and he looks up there and he sees the queen in her completely white gown with white gloves on. And he looks down at his hands. And he realizes his hands are covered with mud from the game, sweat and mud. And in just a moment, he's going to be shaking the hands of the queen and presenting the cup to her. So what does he do? Starts you know, wiping his hands, you know, you know, wiping his hands on his uniform. It didn't work. Did it? No. He certainly didn't fool the queen. And you cannot fool God. So don't lie to others about yourself. Don't lie to yourself about yourself. And don't lie to God about yourself. Instead, realize that God is light. He knows the truth. So be completely honest about yourselves. Then trust Jesus to defend you. Verse 1, chapter 2. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. Our goal is not to sin. We're going to miss the mark. We're going to miss the target. But that's our goal. If anyone sins, we have an advocate. Circle that word advocate. With the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. When you sin, trust Jesus to be your advocate. The word advocate in the original Greek language literally means one who comes along beside side to help. In Bible days, it often described the person who stood beside the accused in a court of law. That person was his attorney who spoke on his behalf. That's what Jesus does for every believer in the court of heaven. Jesus is there right beside us to answer in our defense. He pleads with God on our behalf and God always, He always listens to His Son. Verse 2, "...and He Himself is a propitiation for our sins." And not for only, and not ours only, but also for the whole world. Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. That is to say, His death on the cross satisfied the righteous requirements of God's law. God's law demands, what? The death penalty. So Jesus died in our place. He paid the penalty for our sins, satisfying the law's demands. Now God can justly demonstrate His love to any sinner who depends on Jesus as his or her advocate and offering for sin. In the book, Fathers Who Aren't in Heaven, a delightful book that I enjoyed reading, there's a story about a dad that had a, a ritual. He, he had a very demanding job. He was away from home a lot. But one night a week was family night. And on family night, he would put aside everything else and he would devote it to, to his kids and his wife. And they'd go to a movie together or go to a playground together or whatever. And when everything was over, they'd go back to the house. And all the kids knew what was going to happen. Because dad... Dad loved popcorn, and he loved to make the real popcorn, Billy, not this stuff that he put in the microwave. That's not popcorn. He cooked it himself on the stove the way you should cook it. Coming home, the mom and dad decided, the little boy, their youngest, had, had been a mess, had been a, a problem all night long. He had tormented his older siblings. He, he had not obeyed. The mom and dad decided, and when they got to the house, they said to the little boy, you're not going to be part of the popcorn tonight. You haven't behaved. Just go to your bed, take your bath, go to sleep. The dad went into the kitchen and he was preparing the popcorn as he always did. And they had rented a movie to watch, a, a family movie, and they got everyone settled and the movie was about to start. Then he said to his wife, hang on. He walked down the hall to where the little boy's bedroom was, walked in and the little boy was still awake. He was still crying. He wanted to be part of the family fellowship. The dad said, get up, son. You go enjoy popcorn with the family. I'll stay in your room and I'll take your punishment. Why did that dad do that? That dad wanted to leave a lasting impression upon his son, which he did. That little boy never forgot that event. That's what Jesus did for you and me. He took our punishment so that we could enjoy fellowship with God's family. When you sin, not if you sin. Notice, go back to 1 John. It's when you sin, not if you sin. Realize that God is light and be completely honest about yourself, trusting Jesus to defend you. Here's the gospel. You're more sinful than you ever dared believe but you're more loved than you ever dared hoped. So there's no reason to hide your sin. Instead, bring it into God's light so you can heal, so God can heal you from it. Have you noticed something in this lesson? I did it on purpose. It's called walking in the light, be honest. You notice some of the letters are hiding? Did you notice that? This has happened several times during this lesson. I did it to illustrate how we often hide ourselves from each other. We often try to make people believe that we are so good when we are struggling with a big sin. Go back to that real story of the husband and wife He now realizes that he was hiding a lot from his wife, and now it's like daylight and dark. He has changed so much. I am so proud of him. And he has opened up his life, and now he's not hiding anything from God, which he never could, and from his wife. Don't be like the letters in hiding. Come out. Come out of hiding. If you're not a Christian, you need to believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. If you are a Christian, this whole lesson has been about you. Do you need to seek forgiveness? We'll have two elders down here waiting for you. The church is ready to pray with you and for you. If you have any need, as I said, we don't have to go, we don't have to say, well, I did this, 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 this. You know, we can open up and just say, I have sinned. I've got problems. I need prayers. I need help. I need encouragement. If there's any need at all, we are waiting for you to help you. Will you please, please come as we stand and sing for your encouragement? I pray my sister because...